Gen Nation, Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Dell Match Play, whatever WGC craziness that happens every week this year in Austin, Texas. Uh, no Tyler again this week. He is traveling back from his Run Pure Sports getaway. Of course, I'm here with our third member of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, Ryan Bearoff. Ryan, how are you again? I am good. Good to be back. And uh, if Tyler's going to win 100K every week that he skips, I guess he will just continue skipping. Yeah, yeah. He definitely took down almost $100,000 last week. Our, our own Tyler Tambaline, who wins all that money, and I win like two, 300 bucks in cash. Hey, that's the way it goes. That's, that's how we do our podcast. We go both ways. It all works out. So it sort of sucks that he wasn't around. Uh, last week uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, for the pod, uh, you know, since he won all that money, but good for him. He'll be back. Uh, you know, we'll be back for the uh, Valero masters from then on. So, you know, make your money then just make sure you pay attention to him and not me. Um, let's talk about this past week. The, uh, the Valspar champions, always a fun course this year. It seemed a little bit softer than normal. The rains earlier in the week uh, really, you know, didn't really put too much of a, didn't make the courses show his teeth as much until Sunday. Sunday, a little bit more firm. Uh, you know, that one guy on TikTok, you see that TikTok video with Justin Thomas? I saw it today, yeah. It didn't seem bad. I don't know what yeah. happened. It didn't seem like it was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- JT had him thrown out. So I guess if you, if you didn't see the video, uh, JT was about to chip on, I don't know what hole it was. But one guy was like, you know, it's getting firm out there. It might need that bump and run. That's all he said. That's all the fans said. I'm you know guessing there was like, more that, that, that the camera didn't pick up. I'm maybe, guessing. but it's a little douchey, but it's not nothing to get kicked out of the damn tournament for by the police. At least that video. You're right. Hopefully there was more. If not, and that's, you know, someone who, who, who needs to chill out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You know, they're playing for millions of dollars. I understand. But, I mean, you have to realize, I mean, that's what's going to happen every week. Um, especially now, like I said, we, like we've talked about before with, gambling and DraftKings and everything being so heavily promoted this is something you just golfers are just gonna have to deal with uh you know I, and it's not like it was even that bad uh with justin thomas well let's forget about that let's talk about the tournament and stuff i'll be honest with you saturday and sunday i didn't watch very much uh i had a little accident on, on it, saturday it didn't sound uh, like an accident it was an accident uh, uh so i played around in golf you know we killed a bottle of crown it wasn't you know we're all professionals here we had a, so it was a leader, four people. So I wasn't like wasted, uh, but a buddy of mine gave me these new edibles, uh, gummies, you know, weed, candy, whatever, uh, legal in Virginia. So there's no, no problem. Uh, so, you know, usually when I get them, I'm used to like 10 milligram little pieces. Right. And I always just pop two in. This is sort of become my nature. And then like 30 minutes later, I pop two more. I'll be done 40 milligrams. I chill. I've done more, but there's really no need. Uh, and then, uh, I, I, I ate two of these and I look at the little box and it says 60 milligrams or 600 milligrams of THC and there's 10. So I just did the math in my head. I was like, wow, I just ate 120 milligrams worth of marijuana. I was like, Oh, that's not going to be good. Uh, so what ended up happening was I just laid on my couch. I was supposed to go out, laid on my couch, watched a little bit of the golf preview, ended up eating like $50 worth of McDonald's um, passed out around midnight uh, woke up at mid at noon, still stoned, 
watched like 10 minutes of the coverage, fell back asleep, woke up at like 4.30. So I passed out for like 16 hours straight. It was like uh, a great so weekend. I so I basically missed all of the golf. I saw the end. I saw Burns make that really, really nice par putt on seven, uh, bogey putt on 17, which saves mm-hmm. his ass, uh, 10-footer. Uh, and then I saw uh, Davis rally, birdie 17, and then the playoff. And then I went back to sleep. Uh, so yeah, that was my weekend. <laughs> Not very eventful. I missed most of the golf. What did you think of the event? Uh, yeah, I, I also didn't watch much. I actually watched more on on, on uh, Thursday and Friday when the teams were doing better. I had, I mean, I had all the Burns, all the JT, lots of Adam Hadwin, who kind of didn't finish strong, but uh, couldn't get anything going. Uh, didn't have any other right sleepers there, and had some guys like Pat Perez just blow up over the weekend. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like what you said, it, it's. I think it's a fun event. It's a, it's not a fun course. It's a good course for the tournament. It's not a fun course. There's nothing fun about it. Um, but it, it, it challenges these guys. And of course we had a much stronger field uh, than we normally do. So it was good to see some of the studs play. Yeah. You want to see how, how badly, how, how, how well the chalk hit uh, my cascade cornerstones went three for four. I had burned as my, as one of my cascade cornerstones, the winner, I went four of six and I didn't even sniff the cash line. Uh, yeah. So so that one hurt a little bit, even though my Bill Haas guy, he made the cut. Uh, Tyler, Tambaline. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Tyler. Uh, loan me like five bucks, dog. You, you know I'm good for it. I think, Anyways, I think they ended up really close, didn't they? Both him and Hickok. I'm yeah. Honestly, they, yeah. With Hickok, they, I think he started better and then yeah. faded off. But. Yeah, well, uh, what's his name? Bill had the 66 on Friday to, to make the cut. But, oh, uh, run good. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it still it still didn't matter. I had Schwab, and I think I had Pan, I think, or somebody like yeah. that. No, Answer, Answer. Answer was hmm. the one that missed the cut. That yep. He started off Sunday or Friday really shitty and just never was able to come back. Uh, hey, one good thing, both my one and dones, Burns, moved, moved on up a little bit, moved on up a little bit there, so it's not bad. Uh, but, yeah, let's, let's enough talk about that week. Let's go ahead and talk about, uh, before we move into um, this week, let's talk about our Listener League winner. Our listener league winner this week was Michael Astrup. No avatar, no avatar. Uh, 571.5 points, really solid. That's pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> I had six of six in the listener league. And I'm, he, beat me by, he beat me by 106 points. Uh, and I finished in 75th in the money, but still 106 points back. All right, look at this guy. I had Matthew Fitzpatrick finished in fifth, who's just low-key playing golf well every week that i don't roster him i rostered him last week and he missed a cut uh he had uh 22 percent owned 97.5 points he had samuel burns third win in the last year i think uh for mr burns 132 points 17.33 owned alex norman has been playing very very well almost 25 percent owned 89.5 points gary woodland another guy who's been playing well, who's on track for a win here soon. Um, 10% owned, 87 points, finishing 21st. Adam Hadwin, again, we're looking at more chalk here, 25% owned, 91 points, uh, finished in 7th. And Appy Barnrat, that was the random one. From he, the he clouds. I, know. Hey, I was just going to hey. say, this is like a nice, a nice balanced lineup where yeah. he just happened to hit all of the mid-tier plays that uh, crush. But yeah. yeah, the barn rat, who is a scoring machine. Uh, barn rat call, yeah. 18 birdies. Uh, you know, not bad for a $6,200 golfer. What a call yeah. by Michael uh, right there. So solid lineup. What do you think of the lineup? You, you already <laughs> went over, we're good? 
Yeah, it was good. Very balanced. Uh, but it's, I mean, that sometimes works, but it works when you have Fitz and Norn and Hadwin in there who all smash. So yeah. yeah. And Burns, you know, Burns is only like 9,300, I think, right? 90. Uh, 90 uh, yeah. 96. 96 but yeah, yeah, look, I mean, you can play the chalk. It's obviously important to have the winner. I mean, you can play the chalk like this. If, if you find somebody like Barn Rat for 6,200. Yep, an 18 birdies. It's pretty solid. Yeah. So uh solid lineup on Ma- Michael Astrup. You'll be in the four-man once again uh, with Tambo, me, Bearoff, and yourself. So nice little <laughs> win. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, get to this week. Uh, if I can pull it up. Not one of my favorite weeks, really. But what do you think of the match play? I mean, when it comes to like... When yeah. it comes to like the, the, the gambling and like, is there a strategy you take a DFS? I don't like watching it. it like, I'm either. not going to sit and watch it. Um, but no, I mean, I look, I like that we have DraftKings contests. I like that there's an edge and you're going to get probably 10 to 20% of the lineups that are dead just based on uh, roster construction. And I think yeah. also, you know, for all the randoms who are playing one, they're going to spend all the salary, right? I think you have an edge there if, if you leave some money and two, like, I mean, they're not going to want to pick the upsets. Uh, it's, yeah, and the thing it's, is, it's certainly a week see, where you can jam some guys in. So you see wild shit in this tournament. Like a couple yeah. years ago, I think there was only like one number one seed that made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Like random people make it out of groups all the time. I think if you're gonna bet, um, I think the the best way to go about it is, I mean, throw a couple out there early on, but like Friday, you know who's gonna make it and who's not, and mm-hmm. you try and find the guy who's going up against wrong. Or something, and the winner makes it. Say it's Munoz and Rom. Last, uh, say it's Munoz and Rom. They make it. They're both two and zero, and they play on Friday or whatever. I'm guessing here. I don't know when they play, mm-hmm. but it, like some somewhere in that situation, you get you know you can get Munoz at sixty to one, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's some. Then. Yeah, I mean, that might some, be a way some, to go. Yeah, I I definitely would not like. I made I think three bets so far, and we'll save one or two more for after we get through the pods. But like, there's some massive discrepancies because again, like all of this is based on world ranking points. Obviously, world ranking points are not really what dictates who is playing the best. Like, I mean, just throw it out there. Like, you have a tier three player like Sergio Garcia. He's half the odds of most of tier two. Like, if you look at guys like you know Webb and Homa. Even Thomas Peters, who's obviously way in triple digits, like their world ranking points are way higher. But like, obviously, for half the price, you get Sergio. So, yeah, yep. So let's talk about this week a little bit, and I'll go over all the strategy and everything. So we'll Ryan uh, after it finished, but you know the top golfers they head to Austin, Texas, match play, uh, Austin Country Club. Um, you know, it's a, it used to be single elimination. They did away with that. Sixteen groups, uh, and then you know one golfer comes out of each group. For the Sweet 16. Once you get to the Sweet 16, it's a single elimination. Uh, the scoring, a little different. You know, holes one plus three, three points, have three, 0.75 points, lost minus 0.75 points, holes not played, uh, plus 1.6 points to the winner only, matches one is plus five points, matches have plus two points, three consecutive holes, one plus five points, no holes lost in the match, plus 7.5 points. Uh, now, of course, there is a major issue when it comes to withdrawals. Withdrawals happen fairly often uh, in the match play. You know, golfers can easily have zero chance of advancing after their outcomes of the first two rounds. And, you know, sometimes they might not even show up on Friday. It's happened maybe once or twice before. Uh, Woodland, like a few years ago, Jason Day, uh, Berger had an injury and it t- took him out. Uh, now, when this, if and when this happens, uh, DraftKings said a non-withdrawal golfer will get 33.8 points total. 
uh, 28.8 points for the 18 holes not played and five points for the win. Uh, there's no way really pre- to predict that this is going to happen, but just, just a heads up for the scoring. Uh, now, when it comes to strategy and lineup construction, uh, that's going to be your biggest bet. We hear this every year, but we'll go over it again. Uh, don't roster two golfers in the same pod. Uh, pretty self-explanatory reason here. Only one can get through. Uh, it sort of makes your diminishes, diminishes your odds. Uh, don't roster two golfers who can play each other in the round of 16. Uh, they have a good, you know, the key to having a good GPP lineup this week is striving to have all six of your golfers in the quarterfinals. Um, can't happen when you roster two golfers that could play each other uh, in the Sweet 16. That one you could probably, you should follow that rule, but you don't really have to. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, but you should if, if you want to optimize the most points you can possibly get. But I can understand reasonings why some people wouldn't want to do that. Uh, you know, pay more attention to projected ownership. Uh, some chalk will make too much sense to pass up, but like wild, wild things happen uh, at the match play. The variance is just insane. Uh, going contrarian will give you your best chance of finishing high in GPPs. Uh, don't only roster the number one seeds in one uh, in each pod. Uh, you know, since the round robin, round robin format began like six, seven years ago, less than half the top seats from each group have made it to the Sweet 16. Uh, this one's a sort of new one for me. If, if you just if you do decide to play cash, I will not play cash. And there's too much variance, too much craziness, too much wild shit. But if you decide to play double ups or 50-50s, then some people think uh, it would make sense to set six guys on one side of the draw. Uh, since all six can make the elite eight. No, uh, don't do reason, that. <laughs> I, I, this is what people, some people say. The only reason I would say that you could think like this is because if you get two, uh, two of six, make it to the final four, you're going to win in cash. You're going to win. Um, so if you pick six guys from the 16 pods that are on say the left side, you know, the odds of you getting two increase, um, I would not do this. Well, then pick uh, six guys in one pod, why don't you, right? Like in one quadrant. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could do that too. Yeah, but I, I don't know. This is just some stuff that I've heard. Again, I, I don't play – I'm not going to play cash uh, this week. And I probably wouldn't go this direction either. Um, now, uh, so let's go ahead and move on to the course. Uh, unlike, unlike most weeks where, you know, knowing how a course is set up is a good base to start your research, you know, match play a little bit different. Uh, in my opinion, the option, the course setup and layout means less than it normally would for a stroke play event. Pretty self-explanatory stuff there. Nevertheless, you know, major parts of the course, Country Austin Country Club, 7,100 yards, par 71, Pete Dye, uh, three reachable par fives, uh, precision accuracy off the tee, usually more important than distance. Uh, the course actually feels like two different courses. The front nine, a lot tighter. Uh, off the tee, back nine, much more open. Bunkers are in play off the tee, a few holes with water as well. Uh, the rough isn't going to be as crazy, uh, going to be, isn't going to be as light as it will be at like Corrales this week. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to be crazy thick, crazy long. Uh, though the back nine is more open off the tee, trees line the fairways a bit more on the back than you do on the front, though they can be an issue on air and drives on both nines. On approach shots, Golfers will see a wide array of green sizes ranging from small to fairly large. Greens are guarded by pot bunkers, water, and multiple runoff areas. The Bermuda grass greens have a good amount of undulation and should be firm and should be quick. Uh, anything any, you looking? What are you looking for specifically uh, in golfers this week? I mean, you throw all your stats out the window. I mean, like, what's the most important thing for you when you're looking at a golfer this week, Ryan? Birdies. Uh, birdie rate for sure. I mean, I uh-huh. think it's it's uh, not a long course, right? And I, I mean, you can see that from the 
uh, scorecard and from the names that have done well here. You know, I mean, uh, Bubba, obviously a long hitter, but he does well on shorter courses. Billy Horschel won here. Kevin Kisner won here. Matt Kuchar has done well here. Guys like Oosthuizen have done well here. So you don't need to be long. Um, it's basically, you know, it's going to be a wedge fest for a lot of these guys. And, and then, as you said, there are three reachable par fives, have at least one drivable par four, number 13, the one over the water. Uh, but they can make number 18 drivable as well. So um, I think, yes, the longer hitters will be fine, but anybody can do well here. I just, I want scores. And I think that is one of the more uh, predictable stats that we have, just looking at birdie rate, eagle rate, things like that. That was good. I, I like a little bit of form coming in too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys who haven't really been playing too well. I mean, like I said, you've seen crazy stuff happen. Um, <laughs> just, a, just a little bit of form coming yeah. in here. But yeah, birdies, form, wedge play, uh, you know, certain aspects. And of course, I think putting, of course, the most very variant, uh, variable stat there is, but I think it is important because I mean, you know, these putters can get hot and then they can just be over. Uh, you know, no matter how good a person is playing, you can magic beans it in with us, uh, Jordan Spieth or Mac Hughes or someone like that, just going all out and just holding everything. Um, the thing is, you could see even crazier. So maybe Will Zalatoris can make five first if he does. I mean, you know, he's got to mm-hmm. be someone that you got to think about, right? But is anyone going to give him the three-footers all day? I don't think so, right? Oh, God, no. No, he'll be no, putting everything. They make his ass putt everything. All right, no. so we're going to do things a little bit different this week for uh, our rundown. We're actually going to use the bracket, chat, the bracket that is up on um, PGATour.com, uh, fantasybracket.pgatour.com, and we're going to start – and we're going to go over every quadrant and who we think we're going to go through. Uh, we'll stop at uh, every pod, I'm sorry, and every quadrant we'll stop and, and we'll go over who we think is going to go through in that quadrant. So a little bit different. We'll, and then we'll still name the prices. Before we get into these quadrants, let's go ahead and pay some bills. The teams have been fighting all season long to secure their shot at being crowned the champion. Just as the teams are in pursuit of glory, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving their new customers a shot at royalty with 40 to 1 odds on any college basketball game. Just bet $5 on any college basketball team to win their next game, and if they win, DraftKings will pay out $200 in free bets. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has nearly endless ways to get in on the action from same-game parlays to future betting. Feel the sweat with DraftKings now. Don't worry if you've already taken advantage of this offer. There are still plenty of ways to get in on the hoops action with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. DraftKings offers nearly endless opportunities to make it rain with their Daily Fantasy contests, which have millions of dollars up for grabs every week. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD. Throw down just $5 on a college basketball game of your choice and get $200 in free bets if the team you choose wins. That's code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, nice little promo there by DraftKings. But let's go ahead and get to these pods. We're going to go ahead and start off on the top left uh, of the bracket. We're going to go with the, the pod number one. Uh, it's going to be John Rom, Patrick Reed, Cameron Young, and Sebastian Munoz. How are you going about this? Who do you like? Who do you like to win? Who do you think can sleep through? Maybe a sleeper. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, a a sneaky good pod. I mean, Patrick Reed obviously hasn't been very good. Showed something at uh, the players, although it was kind of all short game, but it's kind of what he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's back home in Texas. I think anytime you get in match play, he's going to be a bit of a trendy pick. Cameron Young has been great. 
also feel like thanks to Pat Mayo, he'll be, he'll be a trendy pick. He was all over him earlier. Um, I'm, I'm just eating the chalk here. Uh, I'm going to take Rom. He's been strong in match play. He's done well here. Obviously the ball striking is out of control this year. And, and I feel like the Rom, uh, the pendulum has swung the other way. Everybody thought he was the best. He was great. He was this, he was that. Everyone thinks he stinks now. He's overrated. He can't win. Uh, I'm going to take Rom here. Yeah, I mean, I like Rom. I think he's going to win the pot as well. But Munoz catches my eye, especially at 6,300. I think Rom is one of the highest priced guys this week. He's uh, 11-3. Rom is going, uh, Munoz is 6,300. Uh, you know, like you said, when it comes to birdies, Munoz makes a lot of birdies. Um, and he, he lost to Rom, what, one up, uh, one down last year in the first round. Pretty went to the 18th hole uh, against John Rom. I think Munoz even made it. Didn't Munoz win the bracket? Didn't he go to the? I think so. Didn't he go to the semis or something like that? Didn't he make the final four? I don't know if he made year? the final four. Uh, he, he could have. I didn't watch much of it last year. Yeah. Um, but no, man, I mean, I, I love Cameron Young here. I just think he got a tough draw. It, it is tough. Uh, let me, let me, uh, yeah, I like Munoz as a sleeper in here, but I, I, of course I'm going to go with Rom to win it. But when it comes to DraftKings, uh, you know, I'll have Rom lineups. I'll have Munoz lineups and maybe mm-hmm. Pat will talk me into to Cameron Young lineups. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and double check uh, Munoz's record from last year because it's really bothering the hell out of me. Uh, no, he finished 61st. So he didn't. I, so so I guess he didn't even make it out. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, either way, I still like him, and I think he could do pretty well uh, in this quadrant if he just gets past Rom. That's going to be a big one uh, for him this week. Let's move on to the next bracket. It's going to be the one underneath. It is uh, what number is it? It is Group Sixteen. It's going to be Kepka, Evan Van Royen, Shane Lowry, Harold Varner the uh, Third. Harold's sort of interesting here. Uh, not really known as a match play guy, but he's been playing really good golf, like some of the best golf of his career. I don't know if I can actually press the button uh, because I like Shane Lowry a lot uh, in this field. I think Lowry comes out of it, but, but Varner tickles the fancy uh, a little bit just because of how well he's playing and how crazy stuff that we've seen in this. And again, another cheapie down here where Harold Varner III is only 6,700. And now Lowry, who I do like, is also also is what? Uh, 8400 which is not a bad price uh, for, for Shane Lauer when it comes to DraftKings. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you here. I mean, uh, Lowry's probably going to be the chalk pick here. I don't know how popular he'll be for 8400 but I would imagine at least 25 30% of brackets are probably going to have him winning here. Um, I don't mind Varner. I don't mind EVR. I mean, Brooks was better last week, but it just doesn't seem like a spot where he's really going to try that hard. Um, it's hard because the last couple of years here, I'm pretty sure he was hurt around this time of year and either not playing or just didn't care that much. All he cares about is being healthy and being ready for Augusta. So um, it's a pass for me. All right. So let's go to the next range. It's going to be group eight DJ. Uh, hold on. Why, why is it different? Oh, you're right. I got it. We're right. DJ McKenzie Hughes, Max Homa, Matthew Wolf. DJ runs away with this, right? He should. I think, I think Homa makes sense for the course. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, it seems like DJ's gotten his mojo back. I mean, obviously didn't finish well last weekend, but I saw enough that I'm going to take DJ. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't think I'm going to mess with anyone else in that bracket. If I do, it might be Matt Hughes just because of his putter. 
Uh, you never know mm-hmm. when that guy can just go crazy with it. But I don't think I'm going to use anyone else in that bracket except Dustin Johnson. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on to the next group. It's going to be group nine. Bryson, Richard Bland, Taylor Gooch, Lee Westwood. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Bryson got quite a soft bracket for his first, first event back. Uh, I'm, I'm just not ready to go there yet with him. Obviously, he's been hurt, uh, not playing much. Um, I feel like this is fairly wide open, but Taylor Gooch is probably going to take it. Uh, Lee Westwood is an absolutely not. Uh, Richard Bland, you know, obviously wild card, just happy to be here. Uh, he'll play Houston next week. He'll play the Masters after that. Um, very straight, accurate hitter, good wedge player. So I guess he could make sense, but uh, I'm taking Taylor Gooch out of this pod. Yeah, I'm going wild on this one. I'm going bland. Yeah. There's always some craziness that comes along. Uh, and this seems like a bracket, a, 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 a pod where craziness will happen. Uh, I just feel like, you know, like you said, wedge play and, and he's accurate off the tee. Uh, I, I just, I like that for Pete Dye courses. Uh, he's mm-hmm. won and he's coming second. Actually, he's won once at least. And he's had a couple, he had a runner up at least one or two runner ups uh, over there, over the pond coming out at like 49 years old. What the hell does he have to lose? Go out there, play balls to the wall. Enjoy your time here uh, against guys who, you know, have a little bit more to prove. I mean, Bryson needs to show where yeah. he's at. Uh, Westwood, uh, you know, if he uh, if he wants to make a Ryder Cup team, I, he's not going to. He's too old now. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think he can just eliminate Westwood. And then Gooch, who didn't do that well the last time out while he was here. So I sort of like the wildness in this one. I'm going to go with Bland as my pick. So of these four groups and, and the guys we picked, who do you see advancing into that final, final eight playing against each other? Yeah, so I took uh, <laughs> I took Chuck, Ram, and DJ. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it won't play out that way, but um, I think both of them are playing pretty well right now, and they have decent paths, so Ram and DJ. Yeah, I'm going Ram and DJ uh, in this as well, and I have actually DJ beating Ram. You have Ram beating DJ, correct? Correct, now, yep. Is there anywhere, anyone else that you can see that has a chance to break that Rom DJ. I think Lowry has a shot. Yeah. I think he's like the best bet, I think. Yeah, or uh, or Brooks, if, if he advances from there. But, I mean, there's plenty of good players there. I mean, even Taylor Gooch. Like, if if DJ, for example, kind of weren't to make it out of his pod, uh, and maybe you get like a, a Gooch-Homa matchup in round two, like either of those guys can certainly get through. All right. So let's move to the next bracket, the bottom bracket. We're going group four, Cantlay. Keith, Killer Keith Mitchell, Sung J.M., Seamus Power. This is an interesting group. Um, I think, you know, it could go a lot of different ways. I mean, I could see – I like Cantlay. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have, I have Cantlay going through, but I could see Killer Keith making some noise. I think Bermuda Greens. Uh, he's been playing really good golf uh, here recently. If he could just get through uh, that first-round matchup with Patrick Cantlay, he might have a row. What do you think? Yeah, I, I took the upset here. I took Keith Mitchell. Um, he's – underrated just been playing so well i mean top 20 after top 20 after top 20 uh ball striking has been good but so is the putting like you mentioned um yeah. he'll be fine on on these surfaces it's obviously his his best surface um i could see him making some noise too at, at at very low ownership like i think as you look through these tiers and the guys who are the uh, b players right he is probably the best of the b players so you can make an argument for uh, lowry with how he's playing now but overall like I think that's a little bit of a tough pod for Cantlay um, and everybody's picking Cantlay. I haven't seen or read or heard anyone who is not taking Cantlay. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I might go a little bit more. I'll probably, I'll probably play both. 
uh, in separate lineups, of course. Uh, yeah. But I like Mitchell. I like Mitchell a lot, too, uh, mm-hmm. in this. Let's move on to the next bra- bracket. Group 13, Hatton, Bazidenhout, Berger, Siwoo. This is not an easy bracket either. I think anyone can come out of here. I'm going to go Hatton on here just because he's been playing so well uh, here, you know, in the last month or so. Lots of top finishes for Terrell Hatton. Uh, first, uh, you know, uh, Putting has been really, really solid, really good, decent, above, well above average with his uh, wedges here. Uh, I actually have him ranked fifth in my model. Uh, I like Hatton to come out of this group, but you can make an argument for any single person here. Uh, I know out is going to pick up some steam just because of how cheap he is. He is around the greens, how, how, how good of a putter he normally is. And you got Berger, you know, who's coming off just a couple, you know, a couple tournaments he probably should have won. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I have uh, Berger rated as one of the top 10 in this field above Hatton, so I'm just going to trust that and take him. Um, he doesn't have a great match play record, surprisingly. I mean, he kind of gets the the reputation of uh, being a grinder, being hard to beat, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, like what uh, you said, Hatton is, is is playing well, playing consistently. Um, I don't, uh, I you know, I think people will pick Bez and they will pick Siwoo, but I don't see either of the two of them getting through this. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move on to the next one. This one's real interesting. This one's the battle of the Ryder <laughs> cup here. It's like, it's like the euros versus like the man who was Scotty Scheffler, who did extremely well at the Ryder cup this past year. and was riding a hot streak. Um, I think the Europeans take them down. Uh, I'm not going with Scotty this week. I think Mr. Fleetwood uh, playing pretty good golf. Uh, it looks like his form is coming back a little bit. I think you can get him uh, at, at pretty low ownership. If you look at his price, where is he at? $8,000, very, very respectable, mm-hmm. very easy to put into a lineup. Uh, I like Fleetwood a lot uh, in this lineup. I think he's the one that comes through. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make a lot of arguments here. People uh, will probably gravitate towards choosing upsets in this pod. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go with the guy who, uh, he almost won here last year, uh, has the UT ties playing pretty much as well as anyone in the world right now. So I will take Scotty Scheffler. See, the problem I see with this is if you roster it in DraftKings, you're going to have to, and you want Ron, you have Ron as the winner and he's 11, three and Scotty's 11,000. Mm-hmm. That makes the rest of your bracket very tough to fill out. Uh, and if you, you know, if you're wrong on either one of them, you're basically done. Um, mm-hmm because you're going to have them go pretty far, not just to the sweet 16 is where I would guess you'd have both those guys going, maybe meeting each other uh, in the um, final four or, or whatever. Uh, and so I, it's tough on that one, trying to roster both of them. So I think when it comes down to it, I, I will pick one and I'm going to pick Rom uh, over, over chef. And that's why I, I have to sort of not go with Scotty uh, in this one and go with one of the cheaper guys. And I like Tommy. Uh, let's go to this next group. This one seems like, Okay, Billy, it seems like Billy Horses will run away with it, right? Don't sleep on Hollywood Hoagie. That guy is just playing really, really good golf. Uh, you know, the past month and a half, he's had his win. Uh, he's had, you know, a couple of other top tens. Uh, 6800 bucks, uh, pretty cheap to fill out your lineup. I, I like Hoagie, and I like, I like Hoagie, and I like Horsel. I'll roster both uh, in this. <laughs> it's Hoagie, yeah. Um, he's a great price, like what you mentioned and playing well. Um, and he's doing it with the irons, right? And when the irons are good, what does that lead to? It leads to short birdie putts and yep. he makes a lot of birdies. Um, he's a Texas guy too, Texas A&M, I think. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I will take Hoagie in the upset here over Horschel. And I think it's a great DraftKings price. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Horschel, Hoagie. Um, you know, I, I think one of those, well, who do you think makes it uh, into this? Who do we see in the Elite Eight uh, from the up top? I mean, I think, you know, we could, I, I'm going Hatton up mm-hmm. top. And in the bottom, I'm going to go Fleetwood. I'm going to all Euro matchup in the Elite Eight. But I can see Hoagie in there. I can see Horschel. I can mm-hmm. see Mitchell. I can see Cantlay. But I'm going Hatton and, and Fleetwood. Yeah, for the sake of brackets, I'm 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 taking Berger and Scotty Scheffler, but this is where a lot of my value will come from. Uh, I'm going to build a lot of DraftKings teams around Hoagie and Keith Mitchell. I just think both of them, one, have a great chance of kind of winning their pod. And really, like for a 6,800 guy, like you don't need Hoagie to go to the final four. If he wins his pod for 6,800, like it's it's very possible he can be in a winning lineup. So I like that. All right, let's move on to the top right of our bracket. We got uh, group number two, Morikawa, Bobby Mack, Kokrat, Sergio. Now, I was thinking about this pretty hard. Will Morikawa be way lower owned than he should be? Yes. I think so, too, and I think that's why you roster him, right? Uh, maybe. I really haven't played much of him this year, and it's it's been okay. He really hasn't done well, except costing me a uh, Rory ticket over in Europe. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, he seems off a little bit, like even watching the little bit of Alspar that I watched. I mean, obviously missed the cut at players on a great golf course for him. And then even last week, um, hit some really bad iron shots and his short game's not sharp right now. Not that it ever is, but it, it had been better this year. Uh, I just, I think something's off with him right now. So I'm going to stay away. And uh, I think you have good options here, not just in his pod, but this entire quadrant. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys who can come out of this. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bobby Mack went pretty far last year. Something about lefties at this course have predominantly done pretty well. Um, I have a lefty shocker in the next group. Uh, So let's go ahead and go down to that. The group 15 answer, Bubba Webb and Brian Harmon. I like Harmon. After what he did last week, coming in hot, um, really good final round uh, at the Valspar to get there. Left-handed, of course, should suit him. Uh, you know, Webb, you don't really know about, even though he did pretty, play pretty well yesterday, it could be sneaky. Webb could be sneaky. Answer has been sort of off this year, even though this is a Pete Dye course and he loves Pete Dye. This is a tricky bracket. Um, I think any one of these four can come out. I'm going to go with Harmon uh, on this one just because, you know, there's craziness that abounds. And he played really well last week and he showed me a little bit of the, you know, the grogginess that I watched a little bit like this, trying to watch. Brian, oh, is that Brian Harmon? Yeah, that's Brian Harmon. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, so, so I like Harmon in that one. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm going the other way, uh, the other lefty. I will take Bubba Watson here. Um, obviously, uh, he's played well here before, played well on on other P-Tag golf courses. I'm going to overlook the miscut last week. Um, one, he missed on the number. Anytime a guy misses right on the number, I'm not really all that worried. Uh, he just couldn't make any birdie putts last week. And uh, I think that turns because he has been making plenty of birdies, even at the players golf course that he hadn't really played well on historically. He made a shit ton of birdies. Um, so I will take Bubba Watson as, as the four seed coming out of here. All right, let's go on uh, the group seven, Xander, Takumi Kanaya, Finau, and Lucas Erber. Um, I mean, Xander, I feel like other This is where you get other- your leverage. Yeah, this yeah. is where, I mean, Xander might be the highest owned player this week. Um, will probably be the highest one and done unless people have already burned him, which I guess they may have. 
Uh, but this is a, it seems on paper, a layup of a pool for him. It should be, right? Who would you take if, it, if you didn't take Xander? Herbert? Uh, I would probably just take Finau just because even when he's not playing well, he can make birdies, but yeah. he's, he's bad right now. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Xander here and, and not think twice about it. Just eat the chalk. I, I think I might go there too. It's hard. Yeah. I'd have to think the other three might be three of the lower owned guys that you're going to get. So mm-hmm. if you want to play that game, um, this could be a place to go ahead and do that uh, when it comes to ownership uh, and, and going against the grain, because I mean, you probably only need 20% of these guys to be double the field um, and, and still be okay. Um, mm-hmm. So making that risk it doesn't kill all your MME GPP lineups uh, that you have. But I, I think Xander runs away with it. But we've seen crazy shit happen. I might throw yep. a pick, a, a, a one or two uh, on these <laughs> other guys. All right, let's go to uh, the group ten. This one, this one's a tough group. This is a hard group right here. Uh, mm-hmm. Usti, Norin, Casey, Connors. I really like Norin and Casey a lot. I really wish they weren't in the same group. Um, it's going to be tough picking one of them out and Connors seems like this course should fit him again with the wedge play and, and being accurate off the tee. And then Usti has a really, really solid match play record. One of the best in the field. So this is a tough, tough group. I'm going to go Norin because, because the way he's been playing so well, but if he's like 25% owned, which could happen, I might have to go Casey or Usti instead. We'll have to mm-hmm. see what the ownership say tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, uh, pretty similar. I, I, I think Norin is, is going to be very popular. Uh, people just like playing Alex Norin, and now he's playing well, making a lot of birdies. Uh, he's been in the top 10, top 20 the past few weeks. So um, I like him. I think he's a great DraftKings play, but I also think he'll be popular. So if he is, um, I think it's absolutely a pivot to Ustaisen for 9K, who's going to be like 8% owned, maybe less. Yeah. So right now I have... Harmon and Norin making it to the elite eight in this group. I can, I think it's going to be, I'm going to stick with Harmon, mm-hmm. but I can see, I think whoever wins that group 10 is going to go up against him. Uh, that's what I feel like. Yeah. I think Xander's just too easy of a play. Uh, and that's another reason why you could think about fading him at what 30% maybe uh, mm-hmm. owned this week, because I, I, I think he loses uh, in that first 16. Uh, to whoever comes out of group 10. Uh, so I, I, that's how I'm going. I'm going Harmon, winner of group 10, and I have the winner of group 10 going to the final four. Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty similar. I'm, I'm going to fade Xander there as well. So I have uh, Bubba against Norin there in my Elite Eight, and uh, I put Bubba in the final four. There you go. I have, I have Norin in there now, but that could change. We'll see how that goes. All right, let's move. <laughs> To uh, our final quadrant, uh, we're going group three. Victor Hovland, Sepp Straka, Willie Z, Cameron Tringale. Who do you like? This is tough uh, because coming into the week, I, I absolutely love Zalatoris. I, I don't think this is a great spot for him pool-wise, but uh, and he's Andrew Kirst, but uh, I'm going to stick with it, Zalatoris. I also bet him, so I guess I should pick him to win his pool. Yeah, I'm, I'm – I like Hovland. I think he's going to win, but my sleeper is Straka. The guy won a couple weeks ago, top 10 a couple weeks ago, uh, playing really, really, really good golf. The form is there. No one's going to roster him in this group. Um, you can get him uh, cheap, too. What's he What's he priced? Uh, just Giuseppe. I really wish his name was Giuseppe. $7,000. Mm-hmm. You can get him nice and cheap. 
Uh, wild shit has happened. I think you can see some wild stuff in this group. Uh, I like Straka a lot. I like Hovland too. So I'll be playing both of those guys. Let's move on to group 14. Neiman, Maverick, Manili, Kevin Na, Russell Henley. Uh, the one stat that stuck out to me about Russell Henley is of all the matches he's played, I think all of them have gone to 18. I think I like don't, I don't think he has like a, a winning record because he makes like, a lot of bogeys and then yeah, makes a lot of birdies. All of his losses have gotten to the final hole. Uh, I think maybe this year this is the time for him to turn around. I like Henley uh, in the group uh, this week and, and priced um, at seventy nine hundred dollars. Uh, you know his wedge play from 100, 100 to one hundred twenty five is one of the best in the field. Iron mm-hmm. game exceptionally strong. Top ten in birdies are better. Uh, I, I think he can make his move uh, in an event like this. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I, I certainly like Henley as well. I also think he'll be pretty popular this week. Um, I'm out on on Nah uh, for sure. Just you know, the anti baby swag. Just had a baby. Really hasn't been playing much. Um, and then McNeely was a late ad. I mean, I guess, you know, you want a roster guy who can make a lot of putts, uh, but this is not McNeely's best surface. Uh, it's his first time playing in this. So uh, I will, yeah, I'm going to take Henley, but obviously wouldn't be surprised if Neiman just dusted all three of them. Yeah, yeah I could see that too. And Neiman's price isn't like insane either. What is it? It's $8,600. It's not, he's only 600 more than 700 more than Henley. I mean, yeah. it might be, I'm probably going to play both of those guys when it comes down to it. All right, let's. Uh, this what is this the group of death coming up? Group six: <laughs> JT, Luke, Liss, Kisner, Leishman. Um, another rematch. I mean, everyone's going to go Kisner, JT, right? Do we throw Leishman? In I think there? everyone's going. Well, I think Kisner's going to be popular, but I'm I'm hearing Leishman quite a bit already today. Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't been paying attention. I've been at work all day, so I haven't really listened to too many other people's stuff. I try not to until after we do our podcast. Um, I think JT comes out of this group. Um, I, I think that just the way he's been playing has been mm-hmm. exceptionally good. Just top 10 after top 10 after top 10 after top 10. A win is coming. Um, it's either he's going to be win this one or he's going to win the Masters. Uh, it just, it's like his Why game not both? Better his for both? Game, game is getting to a point where, you know, he's going to win soon. Uh, yeah. And, and I, why not this week? I'll go ahead and throw JT in there. All right, last group. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Adam Scott, Justin Rose. You're getting Scott and Rose who don't haven't really haven't really done much on this course. They don't play this event very often. Um, Spieth, who hasn't been great lately, but showed a little something earlier in the year. And Keegan, who's been playing probably the best golf out of all, um, except for maybe last week. Um, who who are you going with? Um, I'm going to take who I feel is an underdog here for some reason, Jordan Spieth. Uh, I don't think people are on him this week. I don't think anybody's talking about him. Um, but like, I don't know. He makes birdies. It's okay to make bogeys here. It's match play. Uh, Adam Scott will probably be a fairly trendy pick. Um, I have no interest in Justin Rose. And then Keegan makes a lot of sense. But like, I don't know. Um, do you see Keegan winning matches? Not really. Yeah, I don't know. I have Keegan right now, but I think I'm, I might switch to um, Spieth. Uh, I think you're right. If he if he if he goes overlooked. Um, I could see that being a nice little play for only 8,600 bucks, uh, something affordable uh, where you could still go Rom, Spieth, you know, uh, you, you can make a lineup with, you know, Rom, Spieth, um, uh, who, uh, uh, Norin, you know, you, you can, you can do stuff and still have playing left over uh, to make out the rest of your lineup. So yeah, I don't mind Spieth at all. Who do you have? Who do you have coming out of here? 
Um, so I have uh, I have Spieth over JT and Zalatoris over Henley, and then I have Zalatoris beating Spieth in the round of eight. I have JT going uh, all the way uh, and going all the way actually to the final. So my final four as of now, uh, DJ, Hatton, Norin, JT. Um, what about yours? What do you have for your final four? I have uh, an All-American final four here. Rom, Scheffler, Bubba, Zalatoris. Is Rom American, I guess? Okay, All-American. Here he All is, American. yes. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I have DJ versus JT in the finals. And DJ winning uh, is what I have this week. JT just coming up a little bit short just so he can get that last little second place before he wins the Masters in two weeks. Uh, that, that, that's that's what I'm looking at. What Who do you have winning him? I also have a couple of uh, prolific anti-winners. I have Ram and Zalatoris in the final. I guess one of them has to win at that point. Um, I have Zalatoris winning. I, I, I just think it's it's definitely it's the right kind of event for him. Uh, he's from Texas, obviously, you know, has probably played here a bunch. I have no idea, but he probably has. Um, and he's just, he's just so close. And when you hit that many quality iron shots, even with the yippy putting stroke, he's a good putter outside of four feet. Like he really is. He makes a yeah. lot of 15, lag 20, putting pretty good. Putters. Pretty good. Lag um, putting. And yeah, like I feel like for match play, again, you look at the guys who have done well here. It's, it's those ball strikers because it's so demoralizing in match play when your opponent hits it to five feet, every hole. And I think that's what he can do to people. So let's go. Will. All right, that sounds good. Let's get to our bets uh, for the yep. week. So, Mike, I have four bets. I got uh, Dustin Johnson, 20 to 1, Hatton, 30 to 1, Harmon, 60 to 1, Norrin, 65 to 1. Got it. Uh, I did three so far. Um, I took Zalatoris at 50. I took Bubba at 80. And, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on my third one because I didn't have it up here. Uh, oh, no, I took Xander at 28. I thought, because uh, I was thinking about fading him on DraftKings for that purpose and wanted to cover it with a bet. But the more I look at it, I'm not going to fade him. I'm just going to play him and I'll get creative elsewhere. So, yep. All right, one and done. I'm going a little bit off the loop. I'm thinking I'm going to go Brian Harmon. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a week you can take anybody um, because, like, yes, if you get the winner, great, but everybody else is basically making the same. There's guaranteed money here. So um, I'm between Zalatoris and Xander. I'm probably just going to take Xander because there's a better chance that he wins his pool. And it's not like I'm going to save him for something. So, yeah. All right. That sounds good. Tell them where they can find you there. Mr. Yep. Uh, Twitter, Arbaroff427. And uh, we'll be on the Golf Landia podcast with Matt uh, probably tomorrow night. Nice. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. My article is out on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership all right ryan it's been a nice fun two weeks here with you uh you know hopefully we can get some of that tambo swag uh after him winning almost 100k last week so let's go let's win some motherfucking money dj nation i've been getting dirty money jordan bill third second penny stocks while i'm flipping these birds sipping on Sir-